What's up, everybody? Welcome to Follow You Anywhere, and uh, today, episode number five, and we are talking about money. Show me the money. Yep, that's exactly right. We're talking about all things finances, and so if you don't want to be convicted, this is your spot where you uh, press stop and you get off the train. But we don't want you to do that. We, we don't want you to do that. All right, we, you got it. I'm going to head out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't want you to do that. We want you to be a part of uh, the discussion today and looking at this because um, it applies to all of us, you know, and it's, uh, it's a real thing and something that we need to be aware of when we're pursuing Jesus um, and following him in our daily lives of, of what this looks like. And basically, we're down to it that um, money's evil and we should just burn all of it and go to prison for felony. Light it on fire. Yep. No, but uh, <laughs> seriously, it, it's good to talk about stuff that's not easy, right? Right. Uh, not only uh, difficult uh, theology and doctrines, you know, we talked about that recently, some things that um, at, at times are hard to process and to understand and you know, you got to wrestle through like what you believe about certain things, uh, but then also things that it's not hard to understand. It's just hard to practically apply it at times because we live in a world that is so counter gospel when it comes to how we deal with money. Yeah. And speaking of money and politics from last week's discussion, you know, not overly pop, you know, Overly political, but... But you did see where we're getting a lot of money. Oh, no, that's not... Well, yeah, that... Yeah, I'm excited about that, actually. But um, I got new tires and stuff to pay for, so I knew, like, okay, thanks. Although, on the flip side of it, gas prices are ridiculous. They're really high right now. Oh, my goodness. They're really high. Like, holy smokes. I went to go fill up my truck, and uh, it was a lot better when gas was under $2 a gallon, because I only get, like... 10 miles per gallon. I had to take out a loan just to just to pay for our two cars to have gas in them this week. It was crazy. It's rough. It's wild. It started getting so high, I was like, no, I can't finish filling It's up. almost $3. I'm just, I'm going to leave the gas station. It's crazy. I didn't even pay for my gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. They'll find you pretty easily. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but my, yeah. Uh, my Tahoe is uh, quite noticeable. It is. I mean, it does kind of fit in with some of the other vehicles that roam around. There are Milton, a lot of them out here like that. But, but yeah, I think they'd be able to find you. So, um, anyway, but yeah, so we're just going to dive in, talk about finances today, and the first thing that probably comes to a lot of people's minds when you talk about honoring God with your finances, especially if you grew up in the church, is tithing. And if you didn't grow up in the church, maybe you don't know what tithing really looks like and what that is. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, It's not the only thing that we're talking about, but it's going to be our first point of discussion is tithing. And for me, and, and probably for you, Jeremy, you know, Growing up in the church, uh, especially in the South, um, tithing was something that I've just been around forever in, in with my family and church. And so that was not a foreign thing for me and uh, is something that I've continued to carry on. But I know a lot of friends and a lot of people, especially my age and around my age, um, that maybe didn't grow up in that same environment, um, they don't they they maybe tithe now or or they haven't because they don't understand why and so we're going to talk about that a little bit today and explore t- 
tithing. So the first part that we want to look at tithing. So you make sure you drop a 20 in the plate every week. Then. That's right. It's yeah. a tithe, right? Big fat 20. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's not a tithe. No. So why no. don't you explain to us, by definition, what is a, what is a tithe? So tithing, actually, in the, the Webster Dictionary, is it Merriam-Webster, to, to be politically correct here? Um, is, and, the, and the Bible, by is, the way. Yeah, but, but I'm saying even just <laughs> physically, just literally by the definition that we have in the English translation, a tithe is giving of 10%. Um, in, in biblical terms, it was giving 10% of the, uh, of the harvest, of the crops that they gathered, and giving towards that. We see that in Genesis and Leviticus. And so it was a, a giving... Um, that was the first fruits of what they got towards the king and towards the church. And, and so um, that's what we're following now. And like I said, even in the basic Merriam-Webster definition, tithe is 10%. And so like you just made the joke about $20, you know, if you're throwing down $20, hey, thanks for giving, but that's what you're doing. You're just giving. You're, you're not tithing unless unless you're, you know, making like, Two hundred dollars a week. Dollars a week. So, and if that's the case, I'm going to the stewardship committee right when we get done. I'm gonna tell them you need a raise. Yeah, but I guess you want me to do that anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, no. I mean, maybe, but uh, yeah, I don't. We're talking about money today and how it's not as important as it should be. So maybe not. You know, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we're probably talking for a lot of people how it's more important yeah, than it should be, exactly. if we're going to be honest. Because we live in a world, like I said, that is driven by the dollar. Right. Like we talked a little bit about, or I say we, I talked a little bit about idolatry in the sermon on Sunday. And that's probably, you know, when you think about America as a whole, that's probably the number one idol. I think, you know, different people struggle with different things, but but I believe that's probably, if you were to poll all Americans, that would be the most common idol if everyone was going to be honest, which, by the way, when you take a poll, people aren't always honest. But if they were, that would probably be the number one idol in our country is money and possessions, material things. And that's kind of how it was with uh, some people in the Bible as well. I mean, you were talking a little bit earlier about the story that that came to your mind, uh, the rich young ruler, right? Talk to us a little bit about the rich young ruler. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we see with Jesus um, is he, and this is in Mark chapter 10, Jesus is uh, setting out on a journey, and as he is setting out, um, a, a man runs up to him and falls before him and says, hey, good teacher, um, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the hey, good teacher is a paraphrase, by the way. Um, and, uh, and so Jesus goes into telling him you know, what he should do, and he's saying, you know, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, all these things. And he's like, yeah, check, check, got it, got it, I'm a good dude, I got it. And then he he says, I've done all of those things since I was a boy. And so am I good? And and Jesus, um, it says, I love this. It says, looking at him, Jesus loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. So go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. But he was dismayed by this demand and he went away grieving because he had many possessions. And so Jesus is giving him this basic ultimatum of saying, you've got your hope and your focus and all that you are is tied up in your possessions. And so the only way that you're going to be able to to inherit eternal life, the only way that that's going to happen is if you follow me. 
And he's putting it in a physical sense of get rid of it all and come physically walk with me and follow me. But he's also talking in a spiritual sense of saying, you got to let this stuff not be your ruler and you got to let me be the ruler. And this guy who has a lot is saddened because in that moment he makes a decision, a choice in his heart to choose his possessions and he's sad because he understands what that means, that, that, that it's too much of a cost. It's too much to give away to follow Jesus. And I think that that is a challenge to us um, to, to, as a reminder to say, hey, you know, whatever you've got and, and being in uh, America and, and being in a privileged country, whether you make the least amount of money in this country or you make the most amount, like you're, you are statistically richer than most of the world. And so... Yeah, like um, minimum wage is like top 5% yeah, in the world. Yeah, like it's crazy. Um, and, and minimum wage is going to be like top 2% after it goes up to $15 right. an hour. Exactly. And so like as even though we go, oh man, in, compares, in comparison to the Joneses, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have it. I, I don't have the mansion and I'm not driving a G-Wagon and I'm not doing all these things. But the truth is, is I'm I'm doing all right, you know, especially in comparison. And so, to be um, fair, the Joneses could be poor. That is a common name. It's true. Yeah, it's just going with the flow there, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know. Some Joneses are the the guy that owns the Cowboys. He's oh Jerry, he he got it, you know, Jerry World, Jerry World. Yeah, he's got he's got some deep pockets. He does got some deep pockets. We are a long way from keeping up with him. I think he ties. I mean, at the Duck Club. Oh, okay. <laughs> His tithe is by putting out America's team every Sunday. That's right. There America's <laughs> team. Represent for the Cowboys. That's right. Um, so, anyway, but as a reminder to us to go, hey, whether you feel like you've got a lot or a little, you've got a lot in comparison. Yeah. And, and you cannot let that be what is your leading thing in life. You cannot let that be your, your main pursuit you cannot let that be everything that you're wrapped up in and if you are then you got to get rid of it you got to give it away and you got to be dependent on the lord yeah and and we're going to talk specifically about tithing in a minute but before we do i think there's a couple things you got to take note of in that story you know the first one is some people they read that and they think that jesus is just trying to roast the guy like you know he's just trying to blow him up and say well hey if you're not willing to give away everything then you're not really committed or you're not a good guy. But the reality is there's something that Jesus didn't do. He didn't respond to the guy's claim that he had kept all the laws and say, no, you didn't. Jesus acknowledged that this was a good guy. He had done some really good stuff. And when it came to following the law, he was a pretty good person. The problem was that his heart was not fully surrendered right. to Christ. And that's, by definition, what an idol is, is something that you've given your affection to, something that you've placed as the ultimate priority in your life, something that drives you. And that was his problem. The problem was not that he had money. The problem was that his money had him. It had a hold of him. And all of his decisions were driven by the dollar in his life. And, you know, the second thing that you got to consider is this request that Jesus uh, makes or this command that Jesus gives to this guy to go and sell everything. 
that's not a prescriptive text. That, that doesn't mean that if you really want to honor God, you've got to go sell all your things right now. Like, you know, stop listening to this podcast, go sell all your belongings and give all your money to the poor. Um, Jesus was calling attention to the fact that he wasn't truly committed to, to surrendering all that the dollar had a hold of him. Um, and that's what he was illustrating in that story. Yeah. And while you were, while you were t- you know, selling, t- talking right then, I did a little bit of uh, research here on the handy-dandy iPad. Google! And um, I don't know if this is 100% correct, but I just wanted to search it. And so if you did a minimum wage, um, I did, I just multiplied this out. Um, so basically just on average, if you made $15,000 a year and it was you and one other person, um, at $15,000 a year, supporting you and one other individual, you would still be richer than 76.9% of the world. Yeah, Global Rich List. There's a website where you can put in your salary, you can put in how much you make, um, and it compares you to the rest of the world and gives that percentage. Is that what you're using, Global Rich List? This is called How Rich Am I? And it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a website called Giving What We Can. Talking about giving to needs and stuff. Um, I don't know. Was the website is called How Rich Am I? No, it's called Giving What I Can. Oh, okay. But How Rich Am I is the part of the part of the thing. But if you Google How Rich Am I, Google's probably going to tell you. Yeah. If you ask Siri, I wonder what Siri would say. Siri, how rich am I? Well, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> right. Let's see. I'm. I'm. This is just for fun. So, all right. So if you come out of college and you're married. And you make $150,000 a year, and it's you and your spouse. You are richer than 99% of the world. There is 1% of the population that is richer than you. And you're throwing there, like, okay, hey, you got two kids, you know, like we're, we're adding some kids to the equation. Wait, are your kids working for you, though? Like, are they your employees? No, no. But according to this, you are still... At $150,000 with two adults and two children, you are still richer than 98.8%. It only changes it by less than a fraction. You know, it's just a smidgen. Yeah, sure. And, and, and so we say all that to say, look, you know, when the Bible talks about rich people, we have a tendency as Americans to be like, well, that's not me. That's because not me. I'm, not, I'm, the, I'm the middle class, you know, right. I'm, the, I'm the lower middle class or I'm the upper lower class. You know, we... <laughs> <laughs> the way we define our classes is kind of funny. Like I'm the upper lower. What is an upper lower class? I don't know what that means. But anyway, you know, we're we're like, well, I'm not I'm not a part of the upper class. Well, if you're in America, by definition, you are a part of the upper class. No matter what class of an American you are, uh, when it comes to economics, you are among the richest in the world. That's so right. when you consider these passages of scripture that are uh, aimed at the rich. That's you. Yep. If you're an American, that's you. Like we are some of the richest people in the world. And we were talking in D group about it uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, we were getting into the passages of scripture, which I know, I think uh, you're going to share a couple of them, but you know, where Jesus is really hammering home this concept and talking about money and, and the danger of allowing money to control you and, you know, worshiping money and things like that. And, and we just talked about that. Like, look, you know, don't read these and think, well, that's not me because I'm not the 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the elite of society. Well, you might not be the elite of our society, but you are the elite of the world when yeah. it comes to your financial status. And man, Jesus talked a lot about money. Did you know that Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell combined? Yeah, because he, he talks about how it's almost virtually impossible to be focused on money and to make it to heaven. Yeah, like the only thing that he talked about more than money was the kingdom of God, which was pretty important because like right. that's the whole reason he came. <laughs> so yeah. it would make sense that he would talk about that more. But outside of that, like he talked about money more than anything else. 11 of the 39 parables, he talks about money. And I don't know, I don't know if this one's true, but I heard that one out of every 7 verses in the Gospel of Luke in some way references money. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is just an emphasis on how important that is, you know, to him and to his focus on on us and and our need for him. Because right after we go back to that that verse in that story in Mark in verse 23, Jesus looks around and said to his disciples, "How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God?" And just like what you said, how many times have we read over that and been like, well, thank God we're not wealthy. Hallelujah. You yeah, know, but yeah. at the same time, like we are wealthy. And then the disciples were astonished and they said to Jesus, and, and, and again, Jesus said, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for the rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were like, well, crap, like then how, who can be saved? Yeah. Because they, in that moment, realize what we're talking about that they're wealthy. Yep. You know? And, and then he says, with God, all things are possible. And then if you're reading in the message paraphrase, it says, show me the money. <laughs> exactly. And that's <laughs> that's the thing. Like, they have that revelation that moment. It actually that, doesn't say that. It no, doesn't say it, show me the money. It doesn't, but it'd it be doesn't. cool if it did. Sure. We can make a version <laughs> that does probably, I'm sure. But that's the thing. They, they have that revelation that we're talking about right now, realizing, man, I... I I'm wealthy. So God, who how who's going to make it into heaven because like we think that we love you, we think that we're following you, but how are we going if we're wealthy, how are we going to make it into the kingdom of heaven? And that's why he says with God all things are possible and and that's where that saving grace comes in and that hope comes in. But the reminder and the biggest thing that we want you to know driving home um before as we get into this tithing is you're rich. If yeah. you're listening to this, you're listening to it on some type of device that's automatically going to make you wealthy. Yeah. And uh, and so these verses apply to you. They apply to me. They apply to Jeremy. They apply to all of us because we cannot be entangled in the financial snake that is really out there. Finances are important. Yeah. And no one's ever going to argue that. Finances are important. You got to pay the bills. You got to put food on the table. And there's a responsibility that you have, especially if you are um, somebody that has a family. However, they they absolutely, it does not take the place. Finances do not take the, the, the place of being the number one goal, the number one thing. And that's what we're going to look at today. Yeah. So, you know, when we think about following God with our finances, you know, the first thing, and we've talked about it, is money can't be an idol in your life. If you're going to follow God, money cannot be an idol in your life. It cannot be the most important thing in your life. It can't be what drives you. It can't be what determines the majority of your decisions. 
But there is a specific plan that helps guard you against money becoming an idol in your life. And you've alluded to it. So let's talk about it. Tithing. So God... Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so God instructs us to tithe, which by definition is a tenth. And just being fully transparent, right? There's a lot of Christians that don't do it. And uh, there's a lot of different reasons people give for not doing it. I think most of the time it's it's a hard issue and we're trying to justify not doing what we know that God's called us to do. But there are a couple of arguments that people make against tithing. Like, well, I don't have to tithe anymore because... So let's talk about some of those. What's... Uh, give me... Give me probably the most common argument against tithing. Well, brother, it was in the Old Testament, so it's from the law, and it's the, the law is no longer, we're no longer living under the law, and we are living under grace. That's right, because don't, we don't believe in the Old Testament anymore. We're a New Testament church. Man, get that Old Testament out of here, which, you know, before we talk about the tithing aspect, like... We literally preach the Old Testament like we believe the Old Testament. Uh, first of all, it being in the Old Testament doesn't matter. Like, for the person that argues, well, that's the Old Testament. It's in there the, for a reason. We're, we're in the New Testament. That doesn't even make sense, right. okay? Now, if you want to go Old Covenant versus sure. New Covenant, okay, then you're starting to make a little bit more sense. Probably the one that's the strongest argument that I'm about to debunk, by the way, is it's of the law and we're under grace because we are under grace. We're not under the law anymore. Um, and so, you know, that makes a little bit more sense. But the problem is, guess what? Tithing actually was before the law. Did you know that? Bum, bum, bum. Tithing, the first instance of a tithe we see is in Genesis chapter 14. Yeah. And guess what did not exist in Genesis chapter 14? The law. The law. The law did not exist yet, but no yet, there. But, but what happened in Genesis 14? Genesis 14, there's a battle that takes place, and just to kind of summarize what's going on, it's, it's ultimately a battle between the evil king and the good king, and guess who wins? I'm going to go evil to play devil's advocate. Nah, <laughs> that's incorrect, and the good king... The good king. The good king wins the battle, and the good king will win the battle. And, right. and by the way, when we worship God with our finances and we give a tithe, that's part of what we're doing. We're celebrating the victory that we have in Jesus. It, it is a form of worship. And the good king won uh, three days after he died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And the good king will win. The great king, the great high priest, the king of kings, he will when in eternity he is the victorious one. But if you go to Genesis chapter 14, it's like the king of Sodom, which is the king of evil, and the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. And so like the prince of evil matched up against the prince of peace. Do you see the foreshadowing going on there, oh, yeah. Cam? It's, it's uh, giving us a picture of what's going to happen when Jesus defeats Satan. And there's coming a day when he's going to be thrown into hell and he's going to be there for all of eternity. And we're just going to reign with the Lord forever. But anyway, so this battle takes place and 
Of course, the good king wins. And then Melchizedek, uh, the king of Salem, he uh, reigns victorious. And Abram, as a result of celebrating and worshiping God in Genesis 24, he says, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 14. Let me pull it up and read it. So I give you the word for word verse. Uh, Genesis 14, verse 20, he says, And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Because when we win our battles, I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago, it's it's God, right? That's right. That gets the glory because he's the one that gives us the victory in the first place. And so he's giving God glory, and it says, And he gave him a tithe of all. Mm. 10%. He didn't drop the 20 in the plate. He went with the full 10. (laughs) So, uh, Genesis 14, the tithe actually occurred before the law. Yeah. Oh, but so, but, but, but what about when it talks about in the New Testament? What about, what about when he says, uh, I think it's in Luke, when he says, it's up to me what I want to give because it's out of the heart. It's, it's from, it's from the heart. So I get to, I get to make that, I get to make that decision. Wait, wait, you're talking about 2 Corinthians 9, Paul? You're talking about Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about the verses in Luke a lot. Right, right, yeah. So you're talking about where Paul says, uh, let each one give as he purposes. Yeah, yeah. In his heart. My purpose is to give towards my new Air Force Ones. That's my purposes. You know, Daddy's got a new pair of shoes. My my purpose was to give 10 so I could take the other 300 and put it in the bank. That's right. That was my purpose. My purpose is I got Uh, a baby on the way. (laughs) Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Literally, Uh, though, if you want to buy my baby a pair of shoes. (laughs) uh, Your baby better not be wearing Air Force Ones. I mean, I'm not going to confirm or deny that we registered for some Air Force Ones. (laughs) I need two pair. Uh, Give me two pair. That's right. <laughs> I got a pair and he got a pair. There you go. Uh, so, uh, first of all, in context, what Paul is talking about is not the tithe. He's talking about an offering they're actually collecting for a church. And so, when Paul talks about giving as he purposes in his heart, and he talks about being a cheerful giver, He's literally talking about an offering above the tithe. He's not talking about an expectation of giving what God's called us to give. He's talking about giving above and beyond the tithe. So like a like a Lottie Moon offering. Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong. Okay, yeah. You know, you're giving to Life Options Clinic, yeah. something above your tithe, then... Yeah, that's up that's up to you. Sure. Like what you want to give or if you say, "You know what? I want to give more than my tithe." I want to give more than 10%, which, by the way, I think you should do. I think the tithe should be kind of like um, a minimum expectation. And then, like, what I want to do is I want to get better. Like, in things that I'm doing, I want to get better at it. And so tithing is the same way. Like, I want to give my tithe, but then that's kind of like a starting point. And I want to continue to make wise decisions and be able to give more and do more, help more, give towards more missions, give towards uh, people that have needs and things like that. And so the tithe is kind of like that starting point, and then you want to to give above and beyond that. And when you give above and beyond that, yeah, 
Give as you purpose in your heart and give cheerfully. Right. Now, there are some principles that you can apply to the tithe because when when you write a check to the church, okay, and uh, if you're a member of a church, then you should be tithing consistently with your income. And when you tithe, whether you get on the Venmo or you write your check or you put cash in an envelope, because I think there's some accountability and you should want to have that accountability. And and honestly, you should want the record because there is a tax benefit at the end of the year as well. But, um, you know, when you do that, then you should give that 10%, but that should be kind of the the starting point. And then you should try to give more. But what my point was is when you do that, it shouldn't be a... Oh crap! I've got to tithe again. Yeah, I hate this tithing. <laughs> I really wish I could spend this on a new car. You know, it it should be something that you enjoy doing. Like, hey, this is an opportunity. I get to be a part of what God's doing in this church. I get to be a part of what God's doing in His kingdom. I get to be a part of meeting needs and God's. He, he's 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 guarding my heart against making money, my God and. Um, he is protecting me from the danger of falling into the trap of trying to get rich quick or, you know, build my kingdom here on earth. And so, you know, the tithe does so many things. Um, it protects your heart against that trap, but it, it also, it's a way of saying, and that's what it was back in Genesis 14. That's what it is today. It's a way of saying, God, I know everything that I have is from you. And I'm trusting in you to provide for my needs. I know you've provided for my needs, and you're the one that's given me the the material things and the blessings that I have. And financially, I'm going to trust in you with this 90% to, to meet the needs that I have that are still to come. And that's what, uh, that's what you communicate in your worship of God through the tithe. And that should be something that you don't do begrudgingly or like in anger, but you should do with joy, knowing that, man, God's been good to you, and you have an opportunity to partner with other believers and do big things uh, in the kingdom of God that you could not do on your own. Yeah, and I mean, tithing too, just from a church's perspective, I mean, tithing helps the church with the budgets, and it helps the church be able to do all the things like you're talking about. I mean, it helps the church function, you know? And so I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that some churches that I worked for in the past, large churches that were doing well, like doing well financially um, with budgets probably like six times, seven times that of most average area-sized churches, they only had... 50% of their membership giving yeah. regularly. Yeah. And then only like 25 to 35% tithing regularly. Yeah. So you've got less than half the church tithing regularly and their budget is still pretty pretty large and pretty solid, which this is a good number of people. But when you think about it like for our church as an example, if if you if you take those numbers and you just go, okay, we're just going to plug them in here. If 30% of our membership is is tithing regularly and we're doing what we're doing and God's doing good things here, he's moving here, the, the staff is growing, things are functioning, things are working, 
but if if that number jumped from 30% to 60% to 90% to 100%, yeah. Our budget would do the exact same thing, which then would allow us to do astronomically more. It would allow us to be able to reach more people, to help more people, to do more things. And so even from just a practical standpoint of I go to this church, I'm a part of this church, I need and want to help the vision of this church expand and spread the gospel. Yeah. And tithing helps do that. Right. And so that's a that's a huge important factor, especially when you got two staff members, you know, uh, going, yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and that's the practical side. Obviously, I mean, there there is a practical side of it. Like, that's the why, why God set it up that way is because, like, we still have to pay the electric bill just like everybody else has to pay their electric bill. They're not donating electricity to Church us. Church needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, you know, there, there are plenty of things that we have to pr- pay for. And so practically... Um, it, it makes sense that those needs aren't just going to take care of themselves, and so we come together as a body and take care of those needs. But that's really, honestly, like that's that's the way God designed it, and, and that's um, very important, you know, for us as a church. But what's even more important is just for the individual. Like, this is what God has called us to do. God has been very clear in His Word that this is His expectation, and if you don't do it, not only are you sinning against God, but you're in danger of falling into the trap uh, that Satan wants to set, and and that is is such a huge trap. Like we talk about, you know, the the wiles or the schemes of the devil, the the way that Satan attacks. And man, I'm telling you, money is like that. Money is probably one of the biggest traps, one of the biggest things that he attacks people on and gets people depending on themselves, feeling like they're in control, like they, you know, they've got things under control. Well, that's the problem. You need to be depending on God. Absolutely. Matthew 6, 21, we said it earlier, but coming back to it, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah. And, And if you've fallen into that trap and your focus is finance, Focus is finance. Yeah. Then that preach. That's yeah, alliterated. Yeah. There you go. Then, then that's that's where your heart is. Yeah. And we want to seek first the kingdom of God, and 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 in following God anywhere. I mean, if I'm being honest, if this is just honesty hour, you know, if we're just being honest, there have been moments in my life, even you and I couple months ago we were driving down the road and we were talking and you were talking about that base of tithing and then wanting to increase yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. and even me when you're talking about that i was like he's good for you but <laughs> like yeah man like yeah uh, but but that's because we're flesh that's yeah, because sure. we're mm-hmm. we're human and our thought process immediately goes i can't do that like i i can't do that you know like i gotta I got this much money and i'm gonna give what i'm supposed to give and then yeah. i got this plan made out for the rest of it but the truth is, is just like, you know, when you and I sat down to start this podcast today, I was talking about how got some car repairs that have to happen, yeah, you know, sure. and mm-hmm. both vehicles, same time, you know, that kind of thing. And when I said, but, you know, God will provide, that is a lot of times, I think, taken out of context where people would just be like, God, God's got it, like God's yeah. going to provide. But I sat down saying that in confidence, yeah. saying, you know, I don't. I, it sucks, and, and we've it's seen hard, it. But God's going to provide, yeah. and 
whether that's providing because I got a job that's paying me and I'm just going to have to pay off these debts as I get this money, or he's going to send somebody with a check that's going to pay for it. Whatever it may be, God's going to provide, and that's going to be okay. And there's no reason for me to spend my time being sick to my stomach over it because God's got it, and he's faithful, and he's proven that time and time and time again. Yeah. And, uh, and so when you hear someone say, like, oh, God's got it, it depends on how they say it, but in all reality, like if you live your life free of free of this whole like I've got to have it under control and I've got to be financially wealthy and independent, yeah, God's got it. But but we have we've seen it right. We we have experienced God's provision time and time again. And if you talk to people that have been faithful in their giving, yeah, uh, you'll hear testimony after testimony. We're not talking about people that get up trying to, you know, get you to give them money. We're just right. we're just being real. Like if if you're faithful with your finances, God's gonna provide. And by the way, if God really wants your money, he can get it whether you're tithing or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean there's been times in my life where if I wasn't being faithful with my finances, like I would turn around and something would, like my refrigerator would go out or something, or my radiator would bust on my truck. And it's kind of like in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, I see God got my money anyway, because <laughs> now I have to pay for this. And I could have just given it to the church and uh, I'd not have to be replacing my radiator right now. Yeah. And so those are some of the struggles that I had. You know, that's one of the things that I battled, especially when I was younger, like, uh, you know, fresh out of college, uh, starting a family. And, you know, I thought, oh man, I can't, I can't afford it. You know, like I want to, but I just, I can't afford it. And anytime I made the wrong decision, it's like, well, I probably could have, and I should have. And looking back, it's like, well, messed that one up. But, um, God is a God of forgiveness, and yeah. he, he restores. And, uh, that voice crack. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> His yes. grace is sufficient, yeah. uh, but, you know, it, it, you really can't outgive God. And I know that you hear that and preachers say that, and that sounds like a preacher thing to say, but you really can't outgive God. He's so faithful, and, and he's always faithful to provide and bless when you honor him with your finances. And I, and I think that's one of the things, too, that, like, you know— especially for me, like I see God moving and I've seen God moving my life. And I'm going to share a story just in a second of something simple. That was just like a huge, like, man, look at God moment, but it was pretty simple overall. But like, I've, I've lived my life going, man, I wish God would move. Like, I want to see him do these things. I want to see him do what he's doing for all these other people. But the truth is, is that like, and, and we live our lives that way, but but if you're not putting yourself in a position to see him move like that, how is he going to move? You yeah, know, yeah. If you're not in a position of dependence on him, how are you going to see him come through and be faithful? Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going, you know, hey, God, give me an opportunity to reach someone today. Give me an opportunity to bless someone today. He's going to give you that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the truth is, is that, you know, I think that there is a, there's a huge opportunity for people that, um, you know, that, that work and that store up and that do good things, but they spend so much time sacrificing family time or opportunities to connect with other people, to be at church, to, 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 to live life, really, yeah. because they're out grinding, trying to make money, trying to make money just to store it up and put it up, and they're not helping people. You know, They're not doing anything with that money other than just sitting in the bank account. And I got two quick stories. The first one is when you got money just sitting in the bank account, it's not really helping you. It's not helping someone else. 
And I'm a little conflicted on that because, um, you know, I, I think that we are called to give and we are called to connect with people outside of, like you said, outside of our tithe and, and called to, to go above and beyond and, and to do that. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. Um, but but the story real fast of, of seeing God be faithful, right before we moved here, a couple months before we moved here, we were, um, we, we had lived in our house and we'd been there and when we moved we didn't have a washer or dryer so we did what every young couple you know what every young couple should do and and they got on a facebook marketplace and bought the cheapest washer and dryer that they could find and the washer worked great washer was on fire not literally but like rolling it was good rock and roll the dryer the dryer tapped out like real fast so we did what any respectable young couple would do, went right back to Facebook Marketplace, bought another one for $100, and we're like, yeah, you know, let's go. And got it. It was working. It was rolling. And then one day it just stopped. And it was in the middle of COVID, and things were crazy. We weren't making as much money as we were supposed to be, and things were just tight. Um, Courtney wasn't able to work, um, and we weren't making camp income and those types of things. And so... Money was tight, and our dryer went out. And I was so just, like, distraught over it, just so broken. Like, God, come on. Like, this is, you know, like, this is something simple. Like, but but it was a big deal to me. Like, God, like, why we're, we're in this situation where we're not making as much money. Things are tight. It's just things aren't going well. Like, what's going on? And then the dryer's got to break. And probably all in all shouldn't have been that big a deal, but I was just like broken over it. And I sat in the floor of our kitchen at like midnight on Facebook Marketplace looking through, you know, another dryer to buy and just being just like, woe is me. And I stopped that. I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I pulled up some worship music and I started worshiping on the, on the, the kitchen floor over the dryer, and I'm like, God, whatever it is, you you could be faithful, and uh, and you so could have, you could have been listening to country music that would true. have gone with the woe is me. It's thing. True, it's true. And so like you pull up the Pandora, and it's like, do I want the country station or do I want the worship station? Am I gonna thank God and worship Him? That's right. Or am I going to woe is me? Because if I wanted to woe is me, I just pull up the country station. Right. There's a lot of woe in that. There's a lot of woe in. But uh, hey, real quick, you know what happens when you listen to a country song backwards. They get their dog. They get their woman back. Everything is good, right? That's right. They get it all back. <laughs> they get it all they back. lost it all. That's right. <laughs> um, but so we made this plan. We're like, all right, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead and buy a new one. You know, um, we're gonna put it on the credit card, and we'll just figure it out. But before we do that, Dave Ramsey says, "Don't use credit cards." Yeah, whatever. Don't we'll, even get me started. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. But but so we go and we've got this plan. But before we do it, we decide that we're going to post on Facebook just to see if someone's happened to got, you know, a washer and a dryer, just a dryer laying around that we could have. And uh, and so I've come to peace with it. We're going to spend six, seven, eight hundred dollars because dryers are stupid expensive now. Oh, yeah. We just had to buy a washer. Yeah. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's like half like it's it's ridiculous. It just utterly ridiculous anyway i don't need a computer just give me something that spins it around with water in there yeah i mean like they act like people really need them or something i mean like to wash their clothes and stuff yeah supply and demand (laughs) anyway so 
you know, I, I come to grips with it. I'm good with it. It's fine. It's going to happen. And uh, long story short, get a call later that day, and a very near and dear friend to us calls and uh, and says, hey, you know, um, we just feel like God put it on our heart to, uh, so we saw your post, and uh, we're going to buy your dryer. And I was like, <laughs> you know, just immediately, you know, broke down. And then a few minutes later, we got a phone call from that person's daughter and the daughter said hey me and my husband have talked and and we're gonna buy your dryer and we're like well actually your parents <laughs> and so they were on the same way yeah, yeah, with yeah. the lord yeah um but god's provision his faithfulness yeah. just like that and we actually were able to go and buy the matching dryer to our washer which was crazy and so like in the grand scheme of the world and all that's going on, like, oh, yeah, your dryer broke. whoop de doo You know, like, eh. But for us, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars was a big chunk of change, you know? And and so we were like, yeah, that's a big deal, you know? And especially in a season where we're not making as much money. And God was faithful, and he provided. And I have story after story of story of how God has been faithful with our ministry and faithful in our relationship um, but I know that that's because of our faithfulness in our giving sure, and our tithing, but also our giving to other people yeah. and to those yeah. in need and the giving out of what we have, you yeah, know, yeah. even, even out of, um, what we would consider to be little. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that next episode and talk about investing in others, planning with our finances, but I know we're running out of time today. And so we'll get that next episode and we'll just continue this discussion about what it looks like to follow God when it comes to our finances, uh, the material things of, of this life and really kind of the difference in philosophy between investing in things and investing in people. So we'll talk more about that next episode. But before we wrap up today, quick question. Somebody wins the lottery. Do you accept the tithe off the lottery winnings? Absolutely. 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 Because what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Exactly. And God can work all things together for the good of those who hey, love him. Exactly. And I, are called according to his purpose. I'm fine with building a new youth building out there that says paid for by Louisiana, <laughs> I mean, by Florida Lottery. I'm fine with that. You know, hey, whatever. Like, I don't know if I'd go as far to as God be the glory, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I can put the sign on there, Cam. We can't do it that way. Hey, but but we could, it's a testimony saying, hey, you know, uh, God did this, you know. But God works it all together for right. his good and hey, his glory. But, he, but is he really getting glory if you're representing for the casino, though? I mean, I don't know. It's a trap. I don't, I mean, the, the truth is, is that if they're giving it away, then they're they're being you know if they're giving it and they're tithing it then we could take it. All right, we'll talk more about that next time. Wait, next quick episode. Question for you. Yep. Uh-huh. Before we go. All right. Does my tithe have to go to the church? Does it have to go to the church? Yeah. Or can I give it somewhere else? Well, yeah, your tithe needs to go to the church, but you can give your offering wherever you want to give it. So but even t- if I'm not at a church, what if I'm just visiting churches and I don't have a home church? Well, you better give to the church that you're visiting and considering being committed to, or you give it to the church that you're actively a member at until you leaving. find a new one. Yeah. Gotcha. But we'll talk more about that next time. That's the end of this episode. Uh, so next week, episode six, we'll continue this discussion. Focus and on we'll finance. talk about how to follow God anywhere. Dave Ramsey is going to be joining us? Nope. Not really. No, no, he's not. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk some of his principles too. Yeah, yeah. All right. See you next time.